Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cup of Three. My name is Ashley. I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Mabel, and fiance and co-host, Agu. How are you guys doing? Hello. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> I wanted to All do right. the air sounds, air horn sounds, but that would probably be a bit aggressive this early in the podcast. <laughs> Everyone just like tears out the earbuds and are like, I'm over this. <laughs> nope. <laughs> This guy's volume is all over the place. <laughs> all right. If this is your first time joining us, we're a podcast covering reality shows on love and relationships, currently covering Married at First Sight season 12. And we are going to be talking about episode 13 today titled Unanswered Questions. So this is when we see everybody talking to the experts again. So uh, Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper sat down with one spouse from each couple and talk through what their questions might be for um, how they would be able to make a decision by decision day of if they want to stay with their partner or get a divorce. So I want to start with Ryan and Clara. Um, I think our theories are, are kind of being proven true a little bit from what we talked about last time that Clara is being very forthcoming about her frustrations, her sexual frustrations <laughs> with everyone except for Ryan. <laughs> Right. Yeah. The right. one person who can solve her problem. <laughs> and can he? So, we don't know. <laughs> try to, I guess. <laughs> we'll see. We don't know yet. <laughs> um, so when she has her conversation, she talks with Pastor Cal. And, mm -hmm. you know, she brings up how she feels ready to say I love you and is worried about saying that to Ryan. But she also, when he asks her at first, is like, yeah, our relationship is a 10 out of 10. So, I mean, <laughs> what did what did you guys see when she was talking to Pastor Cal? I was hoping she'd be a little more honest. I mean, I feel like we've seen her, again, outside of conversation with Ryan, we've seen her be a very upfront kind of person, be like, this is who I am. You know, this is what I think. This is what's going on. But then she gets in front of Pastor Cal and it's like, Almost like that student-teacher relationship where it's like, I got to be good. I got to behave. I got, you know, I'm prepared. I'm ready to talk. Yeah. And I have to be, yeah. you know, filtered. And I was like, wait a second. Where'd the clear go that we've been seeing all these episodes? And why aren't you being honest with Pastor Gal? Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. I, I think I think they're in the, like, just middle ground of relationships where I don't think they're doing... They're not awful. We've got couples that are a lot worse than they are. And I think they know that. Like, they're cordial. They're nice around each other. Mm -hmm. They've got a lot of things in common and a lot of interests that they share. Um, but clearly, like, you're not all the way there, though. So it's like, I was actually surprised to hear that she even wanted to say that she loved him. I just going off of what we've seen, I don't know if there's enough that you've seen enough to even know that. Um, so, and then, like you said, I I think um, Ryan might not understand how big of a, a problem this is. So, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. He's in the dark. He's in and the even dark. the way that I liked how Pastor Cal framed what she was saying that he was like, if you're saying you're ready to say I love you to your yeah. spouse, but you're worried about putting that on the table because you think that might negatively affect the relationship. Yeah. How could you be a 10 out of 10? Right. And I think it just comes back to the theme of like Claire not feeling ready to be completely transparent with Ryan yet because she said, mm -hmm. this is the best relationship I've ever been in. 
So if you yeah. had bad relationships leading up to this, you don't know what that looks like. You like there are there are components of this relationship that she is encountering for the first time. And it's like if you're used to always having a bologna sandwich for dinner, but then you get ramen one night, you're like, oh hell yeah! But you don't know you could have Alfredo girl. Like you could be. Like, <laughs> You don't even the, know. There's better. This is the food tier system. Alfredo is topping. I'm in comparatively to bologna and ramen. Like what if it's like ramen. authentic Japanese ramen? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm that's, just going. then that's top of the list. That's obviously. actually yeah. There's well then there you ramen. go. It's like you're the the ramen packets where you don't realize it's actual ramen. That's right. You're like actually, this is yeah. this is inspired yeah. by something better. Like right, right. it'll change your life. But I, I think that's what it what it is. Is just she doesn't have that frame of reference. So it's like I, this seems fine. This seems yeah. fine, and I just have this one lingering thing. But also, there's and I, I think I've kind of I can kind of relate to Clara in this way. Where like I've had past relationships where I'm just like looking back. I'm like, oh, that wasn't nearly as good as I thought it was. And there is all these problems or whatever. Yeah. And then being in what I think is a nice, healthy, balanced relationship now, I'm like. 10 oh, out of 10. <laughs> it's 10 out of 10. I'm not saying 10 out of 10. <laughs> that is a trap in itself. Yeah, but, yeah it is. It but is. you you kind of feel like you should just be grateful for having a normal relationship. Mm -hmm. And so you don't feel like there's space or it's real reasonable for you to be like, I want more. I want yeah. this. I have these needs that aren't being met, like all that kind of a thing, because you're coming from a place of insecurity and instability mm -hmm. and trying to establish that for the first time. So that can be really, really hard. I wonder mm. if that's what's happening with her. Mm, yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be possible that, because right now the issues that they do have seem like they're issues that could be addressed. Like they're not uh, end it all type issues. They're, I mean, I could see it becoming that if this continues, but, um, so I imagine that's part of it, um, but the, so speaking of them, I think the editors, this episode, um, you, you guys were busy. You were very busy, Married at First Sight editors. You guys cut everything <laughs> up. I, um, I don't think I've noticed it as much as I did this episode. Of yeah. just like, I could hear the voiceovers that they pulled it from a different clip and just, there's a sentence. lot mid <laughs> oh my gosh and like i imagine they were trying to summarize it right like they're trying to get the gist of the conversation in a s short bite so i'm not calling you guys nefarious but i am um <laughs> <laughs> other people might um but i think with with them in particular it just it felt like there's just a disconnect there and that was the big thing i was getting where mm -hmm. they're similar to like they don't have fights because they don't really address the big issues you just kind of stay in the issues that you know are fine and yeah. uh you know co-worker type relationship um but i think it's clear that religion is going to be a probably going to be an issue for them mm -hmm. and yeah. the sooner they address that i think the better at the end of the day, he is the son of two pastors. Um, ministers. And, hmm? Oh, sorry, ministers. And I, the more and more we hear about him, the more I think, like, he's probably a virgin, and that's fine. There's no, I'm not. You think so? 
Yeah, at this point, just because of, you know, he wants to wait until everything lines up. And they, she mentioned that he's had relationships where they've dated for years and that hasn't happened. That just... So, taking all that together, I think this is a big part of his personality and a big part of his viewpoint. So, if you don't line up on that, there's some people where, yeah, like she mentioned her parents had different views on religion and they were fine. But some people, religion is... A larger part of their life and a larger yeah. part of their identity so for those people it might not be that simple um and that's the main thing that i'm getting the the main concern i'm getting from them like i think the type of sex thing could hopefully be addressed but mm -hmm. the thing that caused that is viewpoints on religion and that they're not really talking and mentioning as much so that's my concern Mm -hmm. And the thing I see with that is that they keep just kicking the can down the road. Maybe it's him just kicking the can down the road saying, oh, you know, I'm not going to write it off now. I'll we'll deal with it when we get there, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. And then her just completely hoping to never have to address it. It's just that never actually works. <laughs> yeah. It just makes it worse. <laughs> yeah. And actually talking through the logistics of that, of if you want to raise them in the church, how often mm -hmm. are we actually going to church? Are we going to church exactly. events or are we just going on Sunday? Are the kids going to Bible study? Are they going away to Bible camp if they do that? Or like this, this could be a literal whole community that you are raising right. a kid in. And is, is Clara okay with that and okay with maybe being involved in those things while still mm -hmm. not actually maybe identifying as Christian. Seriously. And I think that takes a lot of security <laughs> to be able to do that. It's like mm -hmm. being around people who believe a completely different thing than you and being okay with that and mm -hmm. not being threatened or feeling like they're yeah. trying to, you know, tell you how to live your life or whatever. Like that's a lot to ask. And then also try to navigate raising children in that environment and, like, I think mm -hmm. also the interracial aspect is interesting with this because his, mm. you know, he's black. This is going to be a black church. It's going to be a big part of, I think, the kids growing up and like understanding that part of their family mm -hmm. history. And I think Clara coming in as, you know, a, a white woman into that space and then also being like not super on board with all of the Christianity parts, she's going mm -hmm. to have to navigate mm -hmm. A lot of conversations and um, kind of do some work to make sure that she's showing up for Ryan and the kids in a way that supports right. them, but also respects her needs and boundaries and yeah. could right. get complex. So they have a lot to yeah. talk about. <laughs> yeah. And we're not hearing any concrete answers with them right now. We're hearing like, oh, Clara says she doesn't want to have the kids feel forced. Mm. But what does force look like? Is that going to church every Sunday? Is that forceful? Or is it like, oh, go to church, like a different church a month or something? I don't know. Like, we don't know what she means yeah. or where she's going to feel like it's pressuring the kids. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think there's a trap here of trying to get into the specifics. Like, okay, mm -hmm. if we were to have kids, can they go to church every weekend? Okay, if they do church, are they going to go to Bible study? I think the more the the conversation that they should have is you kind of like if you've i've heard some different lawyers will argue like the 
the thought process behind the law. So even though the law is this, even though this is what mm-hmm. they wrote in the Constitution, what was their intention while they're writing that? And then you can kind of go off of that. I yeah. think that's what they kind of have to do with this is like, what is his overall viewpoint in terms of how he views his religion and his identity? Like there are a lot of people who are yeah. Christian, who are religious, who are Muslim or whatever different religion who will just go for the big holidays. Like, oh, I'll go there for Easter, Christmas, and then I don't care about the rest of the year. Well, that type of person, you know, that's a completely different, like, yes, they're Christian, but that's a completely different form of Christianity as opposed to, I have some family members who will do Bible study on Wednesday, they'll go to mass, um, and then they also volunteer. It's like, when you're doing something three times a week that's Mm -hmm. a big part of your identity that's your community that's your friends that's your that type of person if they're going to be there that often and you're not there with them it's almost like the virginia and eric situation where like if he also liked to go out and he would hang out with her on weekends i don't think they would have that big of an issue because their friend group would be the same their interests Mm -hmm. would be the same it's a way bigger deal um when you're not part of that so yeah like just i wish i could just kind of like go back in time and get them and say like hey like let's talk this is what you guys want to actually talk about this is what matters like Mm -hmm. how big is you know the religious community in your life or yeah i guess hopefully that makes sense but like just that conversation yeah and what does spirituality mean to you what does that look like Mm -hmm. to you and even outside of like to your point to like back it up to what this is actually about just them in their marriage right now without children what does spirituality look like to him does he and she's been living with him for a month now so she might be seeing him i don't know reading a bible or going to different classes or meetups or going to church or being involved in like his family things with the church and she's getting a little bit of a peek into how he actually lives day to day and Mm -hmm. and is that how he wants to continue with children does that want you want that to change and also just have it be like about them as a couple like would he like her to come to church with him sometimes uh you know like that's all things that are completely on the table i feel like they're just like "Eh, it's fine we're gonna we'll talk about it after decision day (laughs) yeah yeah but like could you imagine how isolating it would feel if they did have kids and they go to church every weekend they go to uh sunday uh bible study on wednesdays and they do easter hunts or something and she doesn't join in in any of that like Mm -hmm. you're you're like the odd man out in your own family so that's just i think that's tough and Mm -hmm. hopefully they're able to address that like yes the type of sex is a big deal but and i think that's different than having two different religions and like religion and no religion because then it's like the kids then probably do see it this is just me assuming now probably do Mm. see it as like oh this is my religion we just don't practice it a lot or mom doesn't practice it with us like Mm. i don't know and whereas like it's hard to kind of see it from oh i don't want to force my kids but i'm okay with them you know practicing the religion a lot with like the one parent because then it's like I think that's more about conversation, right? To be like, oh, this is what your, you know, one parent believed. This is what I believe. And this is, you know, 
I don't know, like maybe that's just as you get older, but how I see like a five-year-old, like they're not going to be able to understand that. It's like, okay, we're going to church. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 But I, I think it also could be hard if, like you're saying, if there's one parent who is religious and the other that is not, there's an invalidation that happens where like yeah. a kid for sure wouldn't understand that, okay, this is going, you know, going to church. We believe in Jesus. We believe that these historical things happen. We believe in these spiritual things. And then you get a completely different message with your other parent yeah. who's like, you know, I don't think that's real. <laughs> and so there's a complete how mm-hmm. you talk about that with this is a question I would have for anyone is like, how do you raise kids to mm-hmm. in, in a religious environment and ensure that like they're participating because they want to and they're not like just trying to please the parent or mm-hmm. like they're doing it because they are interested in it or. Um, they feel like they can make a choice about whatever they want to believe in. Like that's a lot of stuff to navigate as a parent, mm-hmm. I think. And but also that mm-hmm. dichotomous view of what they might be experiencing in the future. They they really need to be able to talk through like what that's going to look like. Yeah, and I think a lot of that can definitely happen. But I think after a certain age, right? Like a teenager, for example, can make up their own mind before a five year old, and a teenager can probably tell you a little more about oh, you know what, mom slash dad slash parent, I don't want to go to church. I don't really believe this. I don't really like this or mosque or temple or whatever faith it is versus, I don't know, zero to nine. I'd be like, I don't, That that's kind of hard. Like, what do you do in that stage where they haven't yet really made up their mind, I guess, or really know how they feel yeah. yet? Yeah, I mean they're yeah. a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a kid. like at, at that at 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 that age, I think it's more of the community that you're putting them around. That's what you're that's what you're deciding. Yeah. So, do you want their community exactly. to be more religious based, or do you want their community to be the kids that are in a neighborhood that are their age? Like that's I think that's the conversation because I imagine wherever their friends are, that's where they're going to want to be. If they have more friends at church exactly. at that point. They're going to want to hang out at church. If they have more, their friends are on their soccer team, they're going to want to do more soccer. Like, at least when I was that age, that's what I gravitated towards. Whatever activity mm-hmm. had more of my friends in it, that's what I cared about more. Right. So, um, and I, I think from what we've seen, Air, uh, Virginia is not, if they were to have kids, she wouldn't pull them aside. And You're talking about uh, Claire and Ryan. Sorry. <laughs> if Clara, <laughs> ooh, that's, that's, uh, that's a no-no there. Um, confused the two white women on the show. My bad. But um, Claire and Virginia look nothing alike. I know. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm awful with names. That's oh, it. That's all right. Um, but I think like she's not gonna pull them aside and say like, "Hey, I think religious religion is dumb." Like she's just not gonna say yeah. anything. And then he's going to put a lot of his. So it's just it's gonna be unequal. Like. And a lot of people deal with this. I don't think it's that yeah. there are a lot of people from different religions. It's just my thing is how religious are you? I think that's what matters more. Because mm-hmm. I know how, plenty of Catholics, plenty of Christians who are like, if you're once a year, that's, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, Easter. All right, we got to do this because your grandma likes when we show up on Easter. That's a completely different type of yeah. Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess... Uh, I feel like we is there anything else you guys want to talk about with them? <laughs> I think I think we've kind of hit it all. 
Mm-hmm. Because when I change. Yeah. I just, again, I wish that when they were sitting on their couch and having their regroup and he yeah. brought up that maybe Dr. Pepper suggested that maybe you would have, be feeling some type of way about not doing uh, this type oh, of sex true. yet and she was like I would say I'm a little sexually frustrated cut to her like screaming at the other girl like, I'm so sexually frustrated like, <laughs> like he oh, needs yeah. to see that to understand mm-hmm. the impact and it's not yeah. um, she she phrases it as like the more I ask about it the further it gets away and he just kind of mm-hmm. nods at her and I'm like no like you gotta be real with him like he does not understand he thinks right. this is just like a hey, we talked about ordering Chinese food sometime. Do you want to do that tonight? I'm like, no, nah, let's do it tomorrow night. And they just keep pushing it off. It's like, no, right. this isn't Chinese food. This is like <laughs> mm-hmm. a big part of what Clara's looking for. And you yeah. need to mm-hmm. you need to see it that way. So Right. Well, yeah. and then the way she just justified it too. When I'm, I don't know, when I'm really frustrated about something, I'm not going to tell the other person, oh, but don't worry about it. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I know it's, and it's like, no, if, it, if I'm actually frustrated by it, I'm going to tell you I'm frustrated by it. And we need to address it. Mm-hmm. Whereas she's like, but I get it. You know, you're very different. You've had relationships in the past. And, and da, 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 da. I'm like, wait, no, no, no. He's not actually seeing how frustrated you are if you keep saying that it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I regret trying to summarize this so we could go to the next couple. Because <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's totally true. Oh, also, like, I think she likes him, right? So she doesn't want to hurt yeah. his feelings. and. Yeah. This is a tricky conversation to have on camera, but like, yeah, make it clear that you're not happy about it. And then so he knows. <laughs> but again, if you've only had yeah. bad relationships up until then, it's it's very easy to fall into the trap of being overly accommodating when you're trying to state your needs. So she yeah. got like 10 to 15 percent of her point across. And he probably <laughs> took even less of that to heart <laughs> right. because she right. was softening it so much because it's so scary to be like. I'm really upset by this thing that you are not doing. And it's like a big issue for me. Like that's, you have to be real. It's kind of confrontational, but there's ways to do that to still be respectful. And I think Mm -hmm. she's trying so hard to put on all these caveats of like, but I know I want to respect your boundaries and I don't want to force you to do anything and you know, whatever, whatever. And I think that's also just a thing that women are more conditioned to do when they're Mm -hmm. asking for something that they want to um, feel like you have to, kind of soften it as much as possible to the point of not really asking for what you want fully mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's true we'll see i mean especially i'm curious now that he's seeing the show just like we are i'm curious <laughs> to see the reunion episode where he's oh, yeah. like oh wait you were blowing up on your friends about this and <laughs> one-on-one you're telling me it's not that really that big of a deal you respect my viewpoints and my boundaries we'll see um, the other thing I wanted to say is that their description of how connected they are, 10 out of 10 they are, I was just like, you two are in different conversations, but saying the same words. Like, was this practiced or rehearsed before? Mm-hmm. It was a little suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And also, like, what can you say is perfect? Nothing is ever perfect. Right. That's just, that's such a non-answer. I don't mm-hmm. know if I agree with that. If you but... bring up the rock, I swear. <laughs> I have nothing to say. He's got that look say. on his face. I have, I have nothing to say. That's yeah. what he was going to say. look on his face. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. So I got nothing else to add here. <laughs> oh, my. That was great. Well, you that are going to bring us over to the next couple of goo, so yeah. make way. I, 
What is the next couple? I don't know. <laughs> well, the one you already... Virginia and Eric. Yeah, they're the they're next? Oh, got it. Did we decide this beforehand? Yes. Did I just... Yes. Oh, I... We had a whole planning session. Yeah, I tuned out we that were... whole conversation. What happened? I assume so. <laughs> Oh my god. All right, Virginia and Eric. Let's go over here now. <laughs> All right, so they had a visit from um Virginia's sister and her two nephews. Came over to their place and hung out for a little bit. Um sister's asking I, I didn't catch her name. I apologize. Virginia's sister. Um Jennifer. Oh, Jennifer, thank you. Jen. You're so wow. good with names. How do you <laughs> I'm a very visual person, so I have to see on the screen. That's why I oh, gotcha. recall. Okay. Anyways, um, so she is asking them a lot of questions about how the relationship's going, and they say mm-hmm. the same thing they say to everyone. They're like, yeah. we just had a really good connection from the start, and, you know, like, we've had some some challenges for sure, and then they're both, like, bobbing their heads and anxiously looking around and, like, not making eye contact, and... Um, they ask Eric and the boys to go take the dog out. And so they got to talk about how things are going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's always really helpful to see people who know these folks really well to ask mm-hmm. them questions and see their dynamic because it's, it, I think it's harder for them to do the kind of play acty thing on, mm-hmm. on camera when it's people they know really well. So yeah. Yeah. How did you feel like that went? Mm-hmm. Speaking of the like, energy that she was giving i was like i see how they're sisters now <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that was the yeah. thing i want to say about that yeah. definitely related <laughs> what do you think i go uh oof. um it was just a interesting combo I, it was funny to me that she was like oh can i leave my kids with him and that pause like yeah you're married to this guy that's concerning Wait. if you're not sure <laughs> Boys, um, come back. Right, we'll see. Back away from the scary man. <laughs> He's like trying to get them to sit and like their dogs. <laughs> sit, sit. I said sit. <laughs> um, he tried to yeah. give us dog treats. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Caesar Malone out here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. They're. I, I think I'm starting to hit like the plateau with them as a couple. Mm-hmm. I just. I just, I don't know. It, I, okay. I, I got I mean, nothing to add fair. here. I, I think <laughs> what the bigger things that came out with them when they were having their conversations mm-hmm. with Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal were for Virginia. She talked with pa- Pastor Cal and she talked about how she's very scared of pregnancy and mm-hmm. being a bad mom potentially because she grew up uh, as a kid of divorce and you know yeah. knows firsthand what that experience is like being on the kid's side of that um and i felt like pastor cal was pretty dismissive of her fears yeah. especially around pregnancy what did you mm-hmm. think when he was talking with talking her through that part of it mm-hmm. oh i guess i'll go first because yeah i am very qualified to talk about uh pregnancies <laughs> um you know uh yeah, no, you're totally right. I think it could have been done better. Um, I'm hoping that that was just, they cut out a lot, but I'm I'm not a fan when people say like, oh, you can handle that. Like, this is a big deal. This is like, yes, billions of people do this, but have done it, will do it, so on and so forth. But I think it's 
it's super fair to be concerned about it and mm -hmm. to express that and um yeah to to just write that off like it's not an issue it, it could be an issue a lot of people die during childbirth blah 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 and yeah. i'm not i think i'm hoping that they're going to be fine and i and i'm not saying that that's going to be their case but there should be a lot more empathy there in my opinion um and in terms of them just their conversation in general i think pastor cow was trying to i think give her um eric's perspective which is good but we weren't really seeing him agree or like uh give credence to some of her concerns because i think they're mm -hmm. fair concerns and i don't nothing that she said seemed out of the ordinary or something yeah. that's a small issue like they're they're big concerns and they should be addressed as such and um yeah i'm kind of hoping that just we didn't get to see that part of their conversation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the way pastor cal responded it kind of made me wonder if he was just trying to get to what he wanted to talk about and since he didn't really share slash understand maybe i don't know the concern of the pregnancy um scare that she you know the, the fear of being pregnant that she has he was just like oh it's not a big deal instead of i think that would have been a perfect opportunity to dive deeper in, deeper into it like why do you feel this way you know how long have you felt this way have you you know like with the bad mom for example that that's such an easy question to be like wait do you feel like you know there's something there worth talking about whether it's relationship with you and your mom or have you seen how some moms are or have you experienced yourself caring for your nephews and seen you know that kind of thing like there's some easy softballs there to be like all right what's a really good next question and i just feel like he dismissed a lot of that because in his mind you know you're supposed to have kids and that's what marriage is for. And so that's, you know, next step, obviously you'll be fine. And I was just like, there's, mm, there's definitely more there that, that could be talked about. And I felt like he just kind of mm -hmm. jumped over a lot of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I could hop in really quickly, he did do a good job of saying like the fact that you're even concerned about this makes me think that you'll be a, a good parent. So, True. you know, he, he, but I think it's the act of, giving birth that that part that it was just like yo you can't dismiss that part like yeah you gotta give that some some credence but yeah yeah it's unfortunate mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. i totally understand her fears i have the same fears <laughs> that this has been um like something i've kind of worked through in my own way over time and i think will continue to that um if you have a a childhood that's rough in certain ways then you really want to ensure that that kind of lack of it's rough to say lack of care but <laughs> that like that hard time you don't want to inflict that on anyone else yeah. and you know how hard it was for you and that um there's still stuff that you're like trying to work through as an adult and you know how long that takes and how much work it is and how right. big it is and so um i completely understand where she is coming from but the advice i've also received like the same as pastor cal said is like the fact that you're worried about that is an indicator that you're um trying to you know evolve yourself to a point where you are going to be a better parent than maybe you had as a kid and mm -hmm. that's 
you you can only do what you can do and mm-hmm. um i mean she's talking about like again going to therapy again which i'm very excited about for her and things mm-hmm. like that which could really help her explore those ideas in more depth and you know maybe not with a a camera crew right there recording all her right. responses about her deepest fears and also just like pregnancy is really scary i don't get why yeah. it's always overlooked as this it's just like not really thought about because we don't really think about the actual trauma that like birth is like your whole body is changing you are like it's it's crazy what happens throughout that whole process and the actual birthing process and then like Mm -hmm. trying to become a human again after (laughs) you give birth Mm -hmm. and you're caring for this little infant and I think it's really easy for Eric in this situation to also maybe kind of think dismissively about that because he's He's going to, like, his career is likely not going to be affected by it. He's going right. to continue to be a pilot. He's going to continue to work his full hours. And he gets to come home and there's wife and baby. And I think that's right. the his ideal situation. And he's not thinking about it in terms of, like, how would I feel if I were the one that isn't traveling all the time for work and I'm here and I'm caring for our child and I'm trying to balance work and my partner isn't here sometimes. And, like, that is a lot to ask of someone and Mm -hmm. I feel like all of that part of it isn't being acknowledged it's just like oh you'll be fine don't worry about it but it's like no there are legitimate concerns that like we're gonna have to talk through yeah also Mm -hmm. I think I think this is one of those things where not to make this a generational conversation but I think a lot of older generations view it as oh you'll get there you'll get to that point and Mm -hmm. I think the thing that isn't being discussed is older generations other time periods there were a lot of people who got pregnant mistakenly who like Mm -hmm. like they weren't it wasn't something that they necessarily planned for but they're happy that it happened i think for and there are a lot of people in our time period who did that as well and i'm not saying that's a bad thing but i think Mm -hmm. that's a very different type of thing of oh i'm just going to live my life and if it happens yay as opposed to a lot of people that I that are in like our age group, a lot of people that I know, you're making the decision that you're going to have a child. So that's you know kind of like what Ashley was mentioning, planning around your career, like it's mommy tax and all that stuff. It's it's it shouldn't be part of the mm-hmm. society, but we know statistically speaking, it is. So planning for that planning to not be able to work, planning for increased medical bills, like all that is stuff that we actually have to decide. Mm -hmm. And previous generations, you didn't have to, like it was just, it was out of your hand, you know? Um, And like, yes, I get that they had different types of birth control. I'm not saying that, but um, it's, like it's not a coincidence that people are giving birth to kids much later in our time mm-hmm. period than they were previous generations. Like you mm-hmm. have to be financially stable to even consider it. At <laughs> some, it feels like. Right. Um, so yeah, I I totally. It's 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 unfortunate. Yeah, and the thing that I I get upset about sometimes is that. It happens. So becoming a mother, I'm giving birth happens so much that people are just kind of like, oh, well, it happens so much. It's fine. People can be concerned, whatever. Keep going. 
And it's like, just because it happens a lot doesn't mean there's still like fears or something to be concerned about there. Like, or even talk about like with her concerns, you know, of childbirth or of um, being pregnant. And I think that's how Eric and Pastor Cal are kind of viewing it. Like, oh, so many women get pregnant. Oh, so that fear happens all the time and it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like thinking, um, I don't know, I, like the only thing that comes to mind and, and it's way different of an example, but like poverty or being homeless. Like, oh, you know, yeah, that kind of sucks. Oh, uh, yeah. But like if you don't actually have anything to relate to it, it just kind of seems like an inconvenience. Maybe probably don't you know that kind of thing. It's like, mm-hmm. but in their situation, you know, Eric, Pastor Cal, where they will never give birth or never, you know, actually be in the, you know, um, in the process of being pregnant. It's a little easier to be like, oh, it'll be fine. It's it happens all the time. No, when you're actually the one going through this physical journey, mm-hmm. then you can actually like maybe understand more. But then again, I don't think you have to go through the physical physical journey to understand it. But I think like for them maybe it's easier to not understand it because they're not going through the physical journey. Yeah. There's a bit of a lack of empathy there. <laughs> I feel yeah. like yeah. a lot of guys are uh, willingly or just just ignorant of the, the general processes that women go through with their bodies. Like even just periods in general. Mm-hmm. Like I mm-hmm. swear if every man in, the, man in the world had a period <laughs> for one month, like everything would change. The world would go upside down. <laughs> like y'all don't even know. <laughs> It's probably it's probably true. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the empathy thing. You're, you're yeah. totally right. Like, and I like that you mentioned the poverty thing because I think that's that's a great example of like, oh well, when I've had this conversation with parents of like, oh well, when I was your age, I worked and was in college. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, but your tuition was five grand a year. Mine is that a quarter. Like, like this is not the same. Mm-hmm. Like yes, it's the same school, but things have changed, and just mm-hmm. and just being empathetic. Like I know eventually we're going to be the ones who are at that point not being able to understand the younger folks, and I just mm-hmm. hope that uh, my I, hopefully we're we are empathetic because you just you don't understand unless you're in that person's shoes, and like yeah i'm not going to i i can do i can try but i'm not going to really understand the process of giving birth or the the fears that are with that or the joys that are with that like i'm not mm-hmm. going to be in that process and um the best i can do is just hear people out when they talk about it and just keep an open mind like yeah. it's not that hard man it's <laughs> it's not that difficult um but yeah. not to attack pastor cow i think he's I just I don't feel I don't think he was as bad as honestly like Vincent in this episode when he came to that. Mm. So I'm not I don't want to like go all in, but I just I think it's that yeah. the conversation in general is just something that I'm glad mm-hmm. we were able to talk about. Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. With Kyle. them though, other things was the drinking conversation, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I was. I think it was a good thing that they brought it up because they have been drinking a lot. And I didn't even notice a lot of their arguments were why they were drinking. I didn't put that one together. Oh, um, I totally way, found like... that one. Yeah. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, totally forgot that they were drinking half the time. Like, yeah. um, But Dr. Pepper was like, yeah, I want to talk about this. 
I thought that was kind of a bad setup to be like, hey, Eric, you should go bring it up to her because I was like, mm, is that the best way to do it? He's already so judgy about it. So right. like, oh, you're giving him ammunition for this. He's right. like, oh, okay. The the doctor said I can come in, kick the door down and be like, girl, stop drinking. Right, <laughs> like, right. This kind of feels like when you're talking to your friends about relationships and they're like, oh, if that was me, I wouldn't be handling that type of nonsense. <laughs> it's like, well, so now you want me to go and like that? Don't don't no. Like the, it's really easy to be from the sideline throwing yeah. throwing mm-hmm. bombs out here. Little mm-hmm. backseat driver. Right. Backseat right. Driver. Right. That would have been a better conversation for them three to be together and talk about it because exactly. like I feel like Dr. Pepper probably would have done a better job of just talking about it in general. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you get Eric and Virginia talking about drinking. It turns in, like, first she doesn't even want to talk about it. She's like, I'm going to talk about it. And I was like, well, that's not really going to get anywhere. And then, two, she's like, well, and then it leads to the friendship conversation, which um, he talks about, you know, wanting one week in a month where it's just them. So, yeah, not very productive <laughs> right there. I feel like when Virginia said, I'm not going to talk about this, I feel like she was talking to production. Uh, yeah, I think I, they I, were oh, really? Yeah, that's just, I don't know why I feel that way. I just, once she said that, I was like, that wasn't to Eric. I felt like she was making it clear to them. Maybe they were trying to get her to answer the question or engage with him in the topic or whatever. And it felt like she was just being like very clear, like, nope, this isn't going to happen here right now. Mm. And thought okay. that's the take I got. But you may be right. Yeah. yeah. And then the weekend thing of him, it just seems to be kind of a, a, a scheduling problem. But then they're yeah. also coming at it where she's like, you're being controlling and trying to cancel all my plans. And he's like, you're not prioritizing me. But then they're just arguing about how the scheduling is going to happen. And I'm like, okay, what are we doing? This might, this is probably going to come off mean. But when he mentioned that, I was like, oh, he's going to try to use this as an excuse to get her to not hang out with her friends when he doesn't want that to happen. Like the moment that he's like, oh, can we have just one week of one week out of the month and i i think that was smart on her behalf to be like okay let's plan this because what's gonna happen if they don't is every other weekend like we never hang out together let's have a let's i want you to stay with me and then he's gonna constantly do that and then be like oh well there's no i didn't know that i was gonna be here this week so let's do it now and just i get that you don't have full control of your schedule i fully understand um, but she's not the she's not the the wife that's going to be sitting at home waiting for you to get back there. That's mm. not her personality. So, if that's an issue for you, maybe this isn't the th- the, the marriage for you. And I think it's mm-hmm. like I I get it. I totally get it from her side. Um, and then on the drinking side, Dr Pepper surprised me with that. Like that felt like Dr Pepper was like it almost felt like she was saying that she had a problem. And that this needs to be yeah. like a, a polite way of saying that. Um, mm-hmm. And her, I think it's, we we talked about this, Ashley, and we were watching it. It's hard. I don't know how to address it because part of me feels like I wouldn't drink that much. And that is a bit excessive for me. And that's, that's a lot. But at what point is, are you just judging someone, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know how to gauge that. Like, just because I wouldn't do that, that doesn't mean that it's not right or that that's the wrong way Mm -hmm. of viewing it. Like, I, I think back to when I 
gone on a cruise before with my family and um my grandma doesn't drink and like she's from the time period where like the people who did drink were drunks and like that was that's a big thing for her is like oh i never drank i was never an alcoholic and she's she knows a lot of people in her life who were so i get why mm -hmm. she does that but while we're on the cruise my sister had a daiquiri and she was like side eye and my sister like oh you drinking a daiquiri that thing is like 80 percent sugar anyway there's like <laughs> barely any alcohol in it it's a slushy for sure it and, is you know, slushy. And, and like i know she was doing it as a joke too so grandma i'm not saying that you're judging but like she's listening to this but i think she's our top subscriber <laughs> she, she oh yeah grandma mary in these comments <laughs> yeah but it's it's just it's one of those things where like and then if she knew how much i used to drink she would be like lord have mercy you're trifling out here you know like she's talking about the daiquiri i'm like i i had like four beers before i even came out to see you right now <laughs> exaggerating but so that's one of those days. things yeah, it was after, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm being judgy with it and I, I don't know how to address this. So my instinct is like, hey, let her live her life. If she wants mm -hmm. to drink less, snap. like until it gets to the point where it's medically a problem, like if she's out here developing at a higher risk for diabetes and something like, okay, uh, that part I get. But besides that, I don't know if it's worth getting into it seems um, to be such a big part of her life i don't know mm -hmm. uh, yeah like like you're saying i don't know if this is something that this this behavior is going to change at all unless she wants to and mm -hmm. especially with the pretext of her feeling like eric is trying to control her and trying to get her to be this housewife that he's looking for then i don't think she's going to if he were to to say i'd, I'd really like you to drink less I think she would be like, yeah, F you. <laughs> like, yes. Punch him as she's threatened before <laughs> when he says he's going to be done or whatever. You know, like, that's not the way to get someone. Like, think about any habit you have. And, like, if someone were to, to tell you, like, I don't like that habit of yours, can mm -hmm. you stop or slow down with it? Like, just think of the response that you would have to that. Like, even if it's mm -hmm. something that's, like, not something that could it potentially affect your health or whatever it's just like who do you think you are you can't frame it that way you have to be yeah it's a, it's really hard to navigate that without it being like a personal attack and i definitely don't think eric has those skills to do it where she would understand where he's coming from that it's coming from maybe a place of concern but even then i don't think it's coming from a place of concern with him i think it's coming from a place of i need you to be this person for me when i hear their conversation between Dr. Pepper and Eric, I think back to Katie and Luke from previous season where oh, that's right. Luke thought that she was an alcoholic and they played the clips back of her having a wine glass, you know, hanging around in the apartment all the time. Mm -hmm. But now you see Virginia and Eric together and the times that she's drinking is always out at night with friends. Like, I don't, I mean, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I don't really see Virginia walking around the apartment all the time with a drunk. And I didn't think Katie was a drunk either or like an alcoholic. But mm -hmm. um, I definitely don't think that Virginia's drinking all day to the point of not being able to put like a bottle down, for example. And that's where I'm a little hesitant to even think like if it's a problem because... 
if she's at least controlling when she drinks, that means she has some sort of control over it. How much she drinks when she's out, that's a totally different conversation. It sounds like she's, you know, just like, like bottles. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it sounds to, like the way they yeah. describe it is like, it's like shot after shot after shot with friends. And yeah. again, we go back to that college days conversations where maybe she's never really left that college phase. But hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm just hesitant about that whole conversation because it's almost like they're thinking it so maybe i should put it this way so if i have an alcoholic in my family seeing someone who i'm in a relationship who drinks a lot may be a trigger for me right Mm -hmm. and then i may jump to that conclusion to think that once i see them with a drink they're gonna be an alcoholic as well i don't know if that's the situation but it kind of seems that way to almost put that definition on her yeah maybe a little preemptively yeah yeah and maybe so maybe i'm psychoanalyzing this but i think I think the main issue for them, in my humble opinion, is how they socialize. So she seems to be a lot more social than him, Mm -hmm. which that's fine. But that's like when she's going to hang out with her to go drinking, quote unquote, I think what she's doing is she's hanging out with her friend group and they like Mm -hmm. to meet at the bars. So that's where she goes to meet them. And I think that's something that he's not understanding is like the i don't think the act of drinking is the thing like maybe she could i do think she needs to do better but maybe she could just go there and hang out with them i think the big thing for the issue that i see with them is he doesn't seem to be comfortable with her friend group she's kind of said this multiple times and i think part of that is he's been cheated on so much in his Mm -hmm. in his previous relationships that he's going off the assumption that um you're more likely to cheat on me if you have you're hanging out with a group of guys blah 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 and i think that's the main issue and i think i don't know how they resolve that like that's if they could focus on anything i think it's that and yes she could do better in my opinion with the amount um but that activity i think is the big thing because the the fact of why are you so, like okay if they were at their place doing all this would he be as upset i don't i don't know like it just it feels like i can't see you and you're hanging out with guys that mm-hmm. seems like that's the issue mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he even brought up in his interview though mm-hmm. um where he said she's almost too independent for me and i was like what does that mean yeah. <laughs> like you want her to she be... don't need you <laughs> yeah like she doesn't she's maybe he's more accustomed to more um i don't kind of like whatever the healthy version of codependent is where you're just kind of a little bit more reliant on each other for things Mm. maybe he's more used to that and so this like her really not like knowing that that's something that she can do with him like oh i can rely on you to do this for me and you can do you know i can do this for you and, and we can have this sort of alliance of meeting each other's needs in that way um i don't think she's really used to that i don't think he's great at expressing what that looks like because it sounds like he's saying i want you to rely on me like in a bad way where she's only able to function when she's really really leaning on him for a lot of stuff and i don't know they just it's just such a hot mess express i don't it is yeah and I don't even necessarily think he's a bad guy. I just think he's looking for a different type of person. 
You know, like that whole you can't turn up and a hoe to a housewife fit, uh, saying, like she a hoe. <laughs> of course, I don't think she's a hoe, but I think I it's know, the idea so of no, I know, I know, <laughs> but I think it's the idea of some people view growing up as. Yeah. You hang out with your partner and you watch TV at the end of the day and that is your thing. And I don't like I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's good. That's essentially what I do with my life at this point. Thank you pandemic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then cut out a lot of my stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think he kind of views that as like like the way that he was talking with Dr. Pepper. It just felt like a conversation of equals like he was hearing her out he was like there's that like just it was a lot more calm and like he took it better and i wonder if it's just because of the way she behaves he views her as immature and if you like that's hard once that's there i don't know how you take that away because everything she does now is gonna you already have your just looking for stuff to confirm it exactly it's mm-hmm. it's like I think if you actually like the way she talks is a bit fast and manic at times, but if you actually listen to the points she's making, she's making really smart points, and I don't yeah, I don't get why, smart. yeah, like I don't get why it's the she doesn't know what she's talking about. Like yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah, she does. No, that's a really good observation because he, yeah. Eric, clearly respects Dr. Pepper and her opinion, and he if. Virginia had been sitting in that chair making the exact same points as Dr. Pepper and saying, hey, you need to back off of the dog thing because that's like her bringing another a kid or something into this relationship. Mm-hmm. He literally said like, okay, yeah, I, I take that. That makes sense. Cool. Got it. Simple. I'll change that. I'm like, I have never heard this a lot, like this amount of flexibility from him, but he was, mm-hmm. he just had to hear it from an expert for him to take it as a good point. And mm-hmm. I don't, that's, that's not great. Yeah. It's just a but level like, of respect. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but does that make him a bad guy though? Necess- like, cause there are people in my life who they gave, if, if they gave me opinions, I, I would, I wouldn't be obvious that I'm dismissing it. But like, there are some people in my life where if they're like telling me about finances, I'll be like, really? Okay. My and issue is more with his respect. The way, because yeah. I feel like he can be disrespectful to Virginia, and oh, I haven't sure. seen him do that with other people who he seems to respect. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And it's, a, in my opinion, it's a pretty quick, um, almost decision he's come to on respect with Virginia. Where, uh, yeah. if you're thinking you're going to build a life with this person, I would hope you have a little more respect, or at least want to have a little more respect for that person. And mm-hmm. it's like from the first week we've seen that he's like all right done decided this is you know how she is i know how Mm -hmm. i gotta be with her and it's like "Mm." Mm -hmm. with an acquaintance maybe like (laughs) with your wife (laughs) yeah first impressions are hard yeah (laughs) like i i always i feel like just personally if there's been times where i'm like oh i probably didn't give the best first impression and i just personally i tend to go like i'm not going to get this changed so i tend to like try to write off that situation i don't think Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily right or wrong but when people have that impression like it's an uphill battle and i think she 
she gave that impression of being young and immature to him and that's all i don't think he's, that's gonna change it's hard to him. let that go yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. all right so brianna and vincent had some conversations around budgeting which was very interesting. They had their Excel sheet up on their TV. They're looking at it together. They've got pink color-coded stuff. It was like the cutest, most nerdy thing I've seen. <laughs> I really liked it. Um, so they kind of go through their different line items and are talking about you know how much they're going to spend in all these different categories. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have a super great sense of like what their income level is on both sides, but... It sounds like they do disagree on how to prioritize what things to spend on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Where we've, I mean, we've seen this conversation in all its remixed forms over the course of Married at First Sight in past seasons of one person wants to live their life and enjoy their money and the other wants to be frugal and responsible <laughs> as if those are mutually, ex- like we can't do <laughs> both of those things. Um, so how do you think their conversations with money went? first their whole like budget conversation i was like what is this just throwing (laughs) out some random numbers like you know (laughs) first of all her going from i shouldn't spend about four hundred dollars of clothes on month to be and being like whoa that's a lot can you bring it down and be like i think i can maybe do 150. wait what (laughs) did you like pull up any previous receipts like do you know where you maybe shop less like are you gonna switch from I don't know, like Gucci to Coles. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, no, never. Oh. Gucky all the way. Sorry, Gucci. Yeah. Clearly, you stop at Gucky a lot. <laughs> you know, exclusively. Right, right. I mean, but, like, their see, whole conversation was, <laughs> was yeah. just, like, so vague. I'm like, do you even know half of these numbers you're throwing up on the wall? Or you're just kind of like, like spaghetti, thrown on the wall, see if it sticks, and it's done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I like the spirit of what they're doing. Like, it's, okay. I think more people should do that. But if you're actually going to, you need to have your credit card statements up there. Yeah. And so you actually know what you're spending. Maybe she spends a lot. Like you said, maybe she spends less than that. Just unless mm-hmm. you're looking at the numbers, they're just it was all feelings, no facts. That conversation. Right, right. It was at like, the same I, time, I think it's pretty brave to put your budget up on national TV. <laughs> I yeah. Nine thousand dollars a month budget. Gosh, it, yeah. which again, the the numbers don't make any sense to me. Like, how much are they making? That's my concern. How are you to be to be able to put away three grand a month? Right, right. Like, That's a lot. It's fantastic. These numbers, I was really confused. Like, you're putting a third of your budget away every single month, but you also want to do like three hundred fifty bucks a month on dates. I'm just, it, it's just, it just, things were really adding up there. And speaking of someone who just moved, I, like, I had to throw my budget out the window. Like, I was oh, like, yeah. Psh, mm-hmm. just, all the money's gone. All the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it felt like that. Uh, we're, we're, I think we've talked about the house buying process that we're A little bit. going through, and it felt like that too. I'm like, oh, okay. So all the, all the money's going to down payment. That's, that's good right. to know. Right. Um, yeah i yeah i don't i think so this is me being accounting slash having nigerian parents who never like to spend money (laughs) ever but the amount of money that they're spending on their car note i'm just like yeah 
No, that's a lot. It's it doesn't that doesn't appreciate. That only goes down in value. You're you're literally throwing money away. And I know a lot of people do it, so no judgment, but that 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 hurt my soul a little bit seeing yeah. that much. Eight hundred and seventy dollars yeah. a month. That's so much. That's and a like lot. Like you're saying, Mabo, like with it just kind of being these vague numbers, I think mm. when you're kind of debating what categories are more important or where like something could be cut back a little bit, I think you have to get super specific. Mm-hmm. And again, it could just be a product of like they don't want to talk about like some of the finer details of some of these things on TV mm. because sure. that's understandable. Yeah. But Definitely. it to it seemed like they were just Vincent was like, well, I just. He clearly felt like she was spending too much on certain categories and she was just like well you're trying to like take all of our but our dating budget away like i still want to be Mm -hmm. courted and i'm like unless we're talking about specific things of like okay what does being courted look like to you what types of activities let's try to get an estimate how much that might be and then let's look at our whole budget and see where we might be able to trim a little bit where it's it doesn't hurt that much where it's like yeah we can order in one last night and then we have that money to go out on a date like there i don't think it's as hard as i think budgeting is very synonymous with like kind of that those tight purse strings and like really restricting yourself and denying yourself and being good and like that denial denial and and it being a pinch and Mm. i think for that to making adjustments in your budget that are more sustainable are the things that are small changes where it's like one less time i will do take out for the same example and it's like it doesn't have right. to be this big painful thing that's what makes us that's the zero to a hundred we talk about that makes you know meeting our goals really difficult and i just I, them talking yeah. so vaguely about everything i was like we're not accomplishing anything you guys are just confirming your biases about what you think the other person's trying to do yeah yeah and this yeah, like I said, it, it's really easy to yeah. look at it from that perspective. And it's funny how a lot of times we've seen this conversation on the show. It's it's always the the lady in the in the couple that spends more and the guys like, "I can't believe you spend so much." First of all, it's expensive being a lady out here. Like like the hair conversation they had. Yeah, my, I I have family members who spend way more than three hundred on their hair. Like mm-hmm. that's nothing a month, and and I just I think the that the general maintenance that happens is like it's hard to understand unless you're in that situation. Um, but there are definitely things that they could do better. And like he, it sounds like he's driving a fancy car of some sort because he keeps on dropping hints about that. So okay like yeah there's room for improvement sure whatnot but just look at it from a sense of curiosity not judgment guys on the show like it's tell also tell also it's like so much marketing money goes towards women like there's a reason why women are yeah the more expensive uh demographic when you're trying to buy ads like it is the goal it's the sweet spot like there's a reason why so it's funny to be like oh i don't spend that much if we had as much marketing sent towards us 
you, maybe you would. Yeah, <laughs> you don't because know that. women are socialized to believe we're fundamentally flawed unless we do all of the things. If you're not mm-hmm. keeping your hair up to whatever standard, if you're not doing your full face right. and makeup, if you're not doing your skincare routine, if you're not taking your exact vitamin supplements and having the exact workout routine and the exact outfits that look perfect for you but are on trend, and like right. it's endless. It is endless. Oh, yeah. And even if you go back, like a lot of gender stereotypes for women specifically are rooted in a superficial value of her physical appearance. And that's for sure. That takes a lot of money to upkeep. And so when you're being judged on that and you're internalizing it, you're going to feed it and it's going to become very expensive. I saw a meme on, I think, Reddit. I'll have to see if I can figure out who it was so I can credit them. But it was something like, everybody wants a bad bitch until they see how much it costs for her to look like a bad bitch. (laughs) 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 Like, even the nails alone. Like, come on. Yep. Come on. Seriously. So this is where... I just broke a nail yesterday. Yeah. Oh, no. I thought we're like, oh, Dang movers. (laughs) It's annoying. It's annoying because then you get, like, it looks weird. You keep feeling it. Gotta go get it it's fixed. so obvious. I've been empathizing for, with ladies way too much this podcast. I need to freaking switch it up. <laughs> yeah, we need I'm more kidding. toxic masculinity in this podcast. <laughs> that would make it better. That's what I'm here for. That's what I bring to the table. Um, <laughs> no, I just, I, yes, you're totally right. Um, if we're talking overall combo, though, I do think, yeah, like you said, I, there's a lot. Everyone wants a bad, a bad B. Why am I saying everyone wants a bad bitch, but they don't want to pay? I get that. Um, but it's a trap, though. And I think, like, that's important to recognize. Like, it's it's not a coincidence that lower-income neighborhoods have more cash um, check-cashing places. So I'm not, I'm not going to uh, besmirch a person who uses that, even though you're paying way more in interest than you should. But that's not... Like, I think that that's a product of your environment. That being said, if you know that that's the trap, try to do everything you can to not fall into it, right? Like, I, I do, there's a little bit of uh, just being able to be mindful of that, I think, is a thing. So that finding that middle ground, because I think some people spend... Yeah, people spend a lot more money than they actually have to. And I think mm-hmm. that's, you want to yeah. like say that, but you don't also want to be judgy. So it's like, I don't know how to do that properly. Um, I mean, I think it's up to every individual person to figure out what works for them. Because uh, just speaking from my experience, when I've had much more of a focus on um, making sure I... I don't know, feeling like I needed to look put together all the time and I needed right. to style my hair a certain way. Like it took up so much of my brain space and my energy and my time. And those were the times I felt the least worthy, like I was the most insecure about myself, that that was the only way I had I had ever, like when I put in the effort, those are some of the times that people, I felt like I was getting that feedback of like, yes, you are good. <laughs> like you are okay. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, woman, check. And um, I, I feel like getting older is acknowledging that I like to do some of those things and that's okay. Like if I, you know, after this pandemic is done, you best believe I'm going to go get my nails done again and it's going to be great. And like, I'm okay with budgeting that money aside so I can like have that done because it makes me feel really good about myself 
things like yeah. right now makeup i haven't worn makeup since like the beginning of the pandemic i don't really know if i care to start again like i am very <laughs> comfortable with it and that's fine but i'm also there like, goes much our more makeup sure. sponsorship that we could have <laughs> yeah i'm sure elf's and... like makeup was really gonna be missing my five dollars on their cosmetic products <laughs> like i don't know nothing about makeup and i don't really mm. care to but mm-hmm. it's like I think it's just really an individual thing of like, what am I okay with? Yeah. Um, and and finding that confidence in yourself, like what things are actually important to you? But I don't know, Mabel, what's your experience with that? Um, I've, specifically with makeup, I've never really worn makeup. I sometimes dabble in it. Now I've kind of slowly gotten to a routine where I've gotten my like, all right, I don't like a lot of it. So I figured out where my minimum is because it's just like simple stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, I also, I've also realized in the past of it's a slippery slope trying to keep up an appearance. So I have very curly hair, as those who are watching us on YouTube can see. I sometimes, when I was younger, would straighten it. And I actually realized it didn't always feel good to get the compliments of when my hair was straight. Hmm. Because I would hear nothing when it was curly. And then all of a sudden, I straightened my hair for like a special event. And it's like, oh, wow, your hair is so beautiful. And I was like, uh-oh. Wait, what, what, thanks, but now I'm realizing uh-huh. I never heard any really compliments when it was curly, and I love my curly hair, so what's going on? And I realized that was um, not always something I, I felt super good about. It's like, mm, don't get me wrong. I, I also like my hair straight, and, you know, and I put it up, and I do it sometimes for like special occasions, but I don't love having to feel like there's a... Mm, there's like a, a negative behind the positive. You know what I mean? Of For like sure. when I get done up, there's something more behind that. So yeah, yeah. it's definitely a slippery slope. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because that's, I don't remember a lot in college, but I do remember there was a time that you did that. And I, mm-hmm. I specifically remember people in class saying like, Oh, your hair looks great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I totally, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's unfortunate. Um, I can't empathize, so I I won't even try. But I know in my personal experience, like I enjoy working out and I I enjoy it. And I think there's this speaking of like traps, I think there's this trap that people get when they get into like the fitness space of you need to get every supplement that's out there. You need to get every you got to get fish oil and and beetroot powder and like all this random stuff yeah. where like really the main thing is you want the whole point of it is you're just trying to get movement and and to constantly get your blood uh just get your cardiovascular system moving like i think that's the thing where I, i've noticed that sometimes you can a person can kind of get sucked into it and and that's where i I tried to be like, like, I'm not saying, hey, so to use my example again, I think it's good. I think it's, I'm happy that I enjoy working out, but I can also see someone who spends all their time in that and spends a large amount of their money trying to buy different types of workout equipment mm-hmm. and different, and like that, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is on, is not a healthy way of spending. So even though we're, you're doing this, like you're doing the activity, it's how you do it. And I think it's like that with like makeup and things like that. Like I, 
I don't see, I'm not saying makeup is good or bad. I don't kind of have an opinion on it, but there are people who have like some makeup and then people who have a lot and, and it's very easy to be like, oh, well, you don't need to put all this makeup. No one people, we like you the way you look, blah, blah, blah. But if we're being honest, like you probably wouldn't have noticed that person if they didn't have all that makeup. So like, it's that like weird balance of Mm -hmm. if doing it in a, media like a healthy medium um mm-hmm. but it's yeah it's very unfair to be a, to attack someone for something like that um, yeah I, I think it's also like i don't think it's fair to demonize people who do fall into the trap i think the right. the fault right. is in the trap itself and this is usually just really more about um uh-oh we're getting libby here capitalism <laughs> that, like, yeah we're, that, we're cutting all this to... out cutting it all out <laughs> You know, we're like, I don't, you know, it's like kind of a, a weird light version of victim blaming to be like, well, how dare she wear all this makeup? And it's right. like, well, she might like, that's literally all she's been told all her life is that that's how you make your face look appropriate. And you got a contour mm-hmm. to make it look like it's a different type of face than you got under here. And like, I don't think that's, that's really, I think where we can improve as individuals is just to try to approach those things mindfully and just have right. a little reflection and like. Just think about like, okay, how do I feel when I do this? How do I feel when I don't? Like, how do I feel about that? <laughs> and and just kind of think about it and make sure that you're you're on the same page with yourself about what you're doing and that you're okay with it on your own terms and have right. it start there. Like everyone else can adjust to seeing my, you know, bare splotchy face and I'm fine with that. Like I could give two hecks, but other things I do yeah. care more about and I'm fine with that. So it's just mm-hmm. being honest with yourself, I think. And we got mm-hmm. we got into this whole other area. That was great. <laughs> yeah. We just pissed off any hope of getting sponsors, but you know it's fine. Damn, no. <laughs> no, I think more now we're leaning towards like the Dove sponsorship, where you're talking about whole. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And Hello Fresh. We're still waiting Hello? for you guys to call us. <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> Thank you for free why do we keep on giving them free advertising like there's like four people who listen to this and now they hear about hello fresh but they're all gonna subscribe now and become hello freshers three nope (laughs) couple of three years is that what you just said i said hello freshers oh hello yeah Yeah, we don't have a good like catchphrase for our audience at all cup of three doesn't lend itself well to that yeah. Uh, again, you're assuming we have an audience, and I think that's Hello, the problem. Hello, four people. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Podcasts get very meta when you talk about the fact that you're recording a podcast. It does. <laughs> like, oh, it takes you out of it. Now, back to Brianna and Vincent. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Uh-huh. Um, the compromise, once you brought it up, uh, it was kind of a non-compromise and even Vincent got a little frustrated by it. Mm-hmm. So the conversation started with Vincent bringing up what he talked to with Dr. Pepper and saying that, you know, he likes to sleep in a little sometimes. He is very tired at night and mm-hmm. he just needs his extra time mm-hmm. to sleep in the morning. But Brianna wants to be up and going and mm-hmm. Adam and she expressed that because she views it as being productive that's why she also wants him to be up with her mm-hmm. and my first thought was well if you're productive what like like why do you need him to be 
up with you at the same time in the same productive way as you are like that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me and then the compromise conversation which really isn't really a compromise <laughs> she gave him First, more requirements right, right. <laughs> she compromised on his side <laughs> Right. First, Vincent was like, how can you compromise, Brianna? And then Brinson, or Brianna, Brinson. You do what no, Brin- <laughs> yeah. Brinson. Brinson. That's her, that's her name from now on. Mm-hmm. And then Brianna is like, our compromise, excuse me. Like, this is not just my compromise. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then she explains our compromise as really, Vincent, you got to figure out how to wake up early. <laughs> She's like, we'll go to bed earlier. And I don't know, I guess I'll wake up earlier. I was like, you just moved the goalpost. <laughs> further out what (laughs) exactly i feel like the main thing that she's not admitting to or i don't know what's happening with her but i think she like what he said i think she worries that he's being lazy yeah and that that's some reflection on her that she and i don't think that's true at all but i think that's kind of the the little thought in the back of her mind of I I have a lazy partner and what does that say about me and like they're a representation of me and we're a team now and my husband's sleeping in on this weekend like he's got all the time in the world and I'm out here cleaning the kitchen and it's like Mm -hmm. no he's just tired literally that's all that's happening he needs to rest that's fine (laughs) yeah I hopefully one of our four listeners uh kind (laughs) of gives their opinions on this because I think I think this is just like a morning person thing. Like I, I, ha- I haven't been a morning person most of my life. I've been a night owl. Now I am. I'm very much a morning person. Well, leaning towards morning person. But I remember like when I would stay with my grandma, who's a very much a morning person. Like when she would get up and do all the things, I could just feel the frustration if I was still in bed. She's like what are you doing damn it and like my dad same thing morning person his kids weren't and like (laughs) he would get up do all this stuff and you could just feel the like i've already done like five different things you guys are still in bed and i don't know if that that's like uh that's gonna always kind of be there if they're that way i don't think that's not gonna make their i think their relationship's still gonna work but That's definitely a that's a thing that morning people have, and I get it. Like now that I tend to wake up a little bit more early, um, you feel like so productive, and it's hard to not think, "Hey, this other person hasn't done anything yet, and it's twelve o'clock." Um, mm-hmm. You know. On the so. other side, though, so I'm I'm more of a morning person too, but I also like to. I've had my years where I like to stay up late. And in one of my relationships where I did want to stay up late, whether it's like to watch a movie or to go out on the weekend, my partner was an early sleeper. Mm. And I'm talking like 9 p.m. in bed. And and that means like getting ready for bed at 8 p.m. And I was like, the sun is still out. (laughs) Those are grandma hours. Getting ready to go out for the night and they're like going into bed. Those are grandma it was, hours for It was sure. about that. It was like, because yeah. I, I remember the conversation we had about it. I was like, okay, what do you need? Like, what time? And he'd be like, yeah, like, I want to be asleep at 10. And that means, like, you know, coming back inside, getting ready for bed, mm-hmm. doing the bedtime routine so I'm sleepy, you know, mm-hmm. 8.39-ish. And I was like, oh, my God. No, no. Like, oh I want God. to be up doing stuff. Because for me, that like, I was like, the way I was approaching it was like, 
this is our quality time after a long day you know watching movies staying up late talking whatever whatever so it was like similar to when i hear brianna and vincent talk about oh i want to make sure you're productive with me like it, it sounds like she wants to be able to do things together, but also she has this expectation of what productivity means to her. But then in my situation, I need to realize like there's compromise we can even do with that. Let's watch a movie during the day. Let's, you know, watch it during on the weekend. Um, just because I view a certain way of, you know, what time, whatever we should be up and at them doesn't mean that's how the other person needs to be. Mm-hmm. And if we have those differences, whereas he was such an early riser because of it, and I was more of a late owl, like, then I can do my personal, you know, productivity times at night. And there are a lot of studies that show that night owls and early risers are just as productive because you still find those wee quiet hours to get stuff done. So mm-hmm. just throw that out there. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, it's just achieving the same thing, but in a different way. Yeah. And that's really and i like how that's a really great example because it sounds like you got to the point where you could say like this is what that time means to me it's not just Mm -hmm. like i'm annoyed that you're like not gonna be with me when i go out or something it's that this time i feel like you're taking away quality time for me but Mm -hmm. that can also be plugged into a different time of the day when y'all are both conscious so like Mm -hmm. we can do that (laughs) conscious yeah it's I just think it's a it's very hard to see it from the other side for people who are like that and I that's like just I think back to all the conversations I had with my with my old man about this and he would he like he was so mad he's like why are you guys still in bed I've already done this this and this and yeah like you said you still you're still productive you're just productive at mm-hmm. different times of the day and I think that makes it even more frustrating because like they don't get to see you being productive. The morning mm-hmm. person doesn't get to see you being productive because you're hitting your stride at like six. And yeah. at that point, he's getting ready to go to bed, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, but um, also I like how she was basically trying to like give him sleep hygiene advice. <laughs> I'm like, this is not the time for this no conversation. Like, yes, you're right. The sleep hygiene is very important. And I, I'm trying to do better personally about that. But this isn't time to like try to he's let the man get some sleep you know like it's okay yeah um and i like how like that was their big like um dr pepper's like is there anything you want to talk about and like that's the thing that he's like really upset about he's like this woman won't let me sleep like let me sleep and like you could tell he knows that he's in the right but he doesn't want to like come off as that it was just it was all very cute mm-hmm. and, um mm-hmm. wholesome um the whole time though his face yeah. is like glaring and <laughs> so mad so mad but he also yeah. needs to find a way to express that because he's doing mm-hmm. his thing yeah, of does. kind of bottling it up and she's just kind of trampling all over the conversation a little obliviously and it's your mm-hmm. thing goo of like it's not what you say it's how you say it and mm-hmm. she's just <laughs> It, yeah it was rough mm-hmm. yeah and i noticed like i have tendencies like that too where i don't like to be in the moment and like explode or respond right away a lot of times like i feel like there's probably some filtering i need to do before i i respond and so i think maybe he's approaching it from that way but i've also realized in myself there's not always the appropriate time later to say something 
And there's yeah. also a time lapse if you wait too long to like think with your own through your own thoughts where it's mm-hmm. like, no, well now it's pointless. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn how to bring it back a little bit closer to the real time to be able to speak up to even if it's, if it's not like I don't have all my words together, but like say something um, and then we eventually become more comfortable. But and it's hard to do because especially like, you know, Vincent and I both Dominican um, my family like we're we can be very argumentative sometimes like at like zero to hundred kind of thing on arguments especially my mom and I and yeah. so it can be easier to be like well no I don't want to explode so I'm gonna talk I'm gonna I'm not gonna say anything I'm gonna right. stay quiet and I'm gonna walk away but there's also a point where it's like that's not always the answer either you know maybe Brianna is asking a little too much right now where she's saying like. I always want to know in the moment. You got to tell me. Um, uh, don't wait kind of thing. It, it seems like she's not understanding where he's coming from fully. Uh, but I definitely think like Vincent could be a little more expressive closer to the moment. Yeah, hmm. I totally agree. I think too mm-hmm. with Brianna, we're kind of seeing a lot of her like kind of black and white thinking kind of rigidity and like how she thinks needs things need to get done and I think yeah like literally just the concept of flexible thinking is something that um I had to learn in therapy and it has helped me incredibly and it's just kind of the idea Mm. of uh, challenging the way that you're thinking about something so the early morning thing like if my thought is it, the only way to be productive is to get up early in the morning. Mm-hmm. I can ask myself, is that true? <laughs> like literally just asking, is that true to something? And like, are there yeah. alternatives to that? Are there other ways that you can be productive? Is this really the only way? Are you sure? And and yeah. start to break that down of like, oh no, I guess you could be productive other times in the day. And maybe there's a different way I could do this. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's something that she could um, take into this and, and think about like, okay, do things really have to happen exactly this way for them to get done? Is that actually true? Exactly. Is is me de- defining the way that he's going to clean this whole kitchen? Is that actually going to ensure that the kitchen this is the only way that the kitchen can get clean? Right. And like mm-hmm. it's it's letting go of that control a little bit and acknowledging that the more you try to control things, the less they actually kind of tend to go your way. You're making yeah. more work for yourself. You're creating more attention between you and your partner like it just kind of seeps into everything and there's a lot of fear in letting go and letting things just kind of happen as they happen but it also it it's it's a lot less work (laughs) this is a lesson i am learning and i have found to be incredibly valuable of is this worth my energy right now to argue about like if we need to empty the dishwasher now or later nope (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not yeah. so i can walk away yeah. and it's that's it that's done that's yeah do. yeah yeah i yeah i i like i said it's it's very hard especially if you feel like you're in the right and you're like i'm trying to get you to come to the right side it's very hard mm-hmm. I, I i totally empathize um it's funny though i now that i'm leaning more towards a morning person uh personally for me it has been a big like i it's been a big help like i've been uh like i've always had sleep insomnia or forms of it and 
like it was pretty common for me to just kind of go, oh, you know, I'm not going to be able to get sleep today. And I would once or twice a week, I would just like not sleep. And Mm. it does affect you. It's one of those things that you don't realize. It's like a slow, it's a slow burn. Um, And I think I was in terms of productivity, things like that, I think it was fine. But in terms of just general health and general like your your ability to handle problems when they happen it's a lot more difficult to do that when you're like tired and sleepy mm-hmm. you're not as dynamic you're not as so um like i i totally understand why morning people slash brianna feel that way i i'm starting to um become one but it's just just doing that from a less judgy point of view if possible where it's like maybe that doesn't work for them but yeah in terms mm-hmm. of me personally it's been like we go to bed at like 10 30 now mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. wild to me like i used to typically my normal bedtime would be like one to like three <laughs> on a regular basis <laughs> so it's it's very yeah. very different from the way i was just four years ago three mm-hmm. years ago so um and like I, I forget who i think it might have been jeff bezos or something where he was saying like it like the whole hustle culture thing of like you need to work more hours and and like suddenly he like realized like no like i I actually work better when i'm well rested Mm -hmm. and like coming to that realization i think that's um yeah it's 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 a it's a big deal when you notice when you realize it Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so get your nine hours get your eight hours get your seven hours people sleep is important well Um, even we were talking about it before you know our activities during the day they matter a lot so you talked about working out with if you're actually tired you use up your energy during the day you're going to probably have better quality sleep and so if you can kind of be mindful of whatever that is for you you know to prepare yourself to have a well rest and where you know brianna's trying to like Tell him what is going to give him better rest. Like, put your phone down before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Don't stay up late when you're laying in bed and that kind of thing. So, like, I, I kind of get where she's coming from, trying to build better quality sleep for him. But mm-hmm. I think he also needs to figure that out for himself, what that looks like, right? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Her telling him what to do isn't going to fix this problem. <laughs> <laughs> I have one final little story about this. So, when I was younger... Uh, my mom is a super early riser. Like my mom, my grandma, um, like the whole lineage of women in that family. Just like <laughs> the time that they get up. I'm like, how, when do you go to bed? I swear. When, no, when we go to Dominican Republic, my grandma stays up. Like she is always awake to cook. She isn't up in the morning, like probably before, like 4 a.m., um, you know, praying her rosary, wow. getting um, yeah. breakfast ready, starting. And like I always, um, I, I always love the juices, the nat- the fresh juice in Dominican Republic so she's always like or juicing stuff and then she goes makes breakfast she's ready to make lunch and it is a big lunch in Dominican Republic I'm talking rice beans uh chicken or any kind of other meat you know side one side two eggplant like (laughs) pile on pile on food it's a meal please do (laughs) and then she's up like ready for dinner and she and like we're still hanging out um you know late and I'm like it is like 9 p.m. Grandma, like, what are you still doing awake? Don't you like wake up in like five hours? Yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm gonna sneak in a quick workout, you know. Yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> so Wonder all the women. women and like my family always super early. And so when I was younger, 
Um, I was terrible at it. I never wanted to wake up early. And my mom, though, because she is also an early riser, would come in my room and be like, hey, you know, you got to do this today, got to do that today. So I became really good at, like, not actually being coherent, but, like, being able to give responses coherently. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you, like, no. trained yourself to sleep talk, <laughs> basically. Oh, no. like, yeah, 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 yep, I got, yep. And then she like, would, like, legit ask me questions, like, yes or no questions. I, like, say the right answer. Like, sometimes it'd actually be a no. And then later on, like, noon, she's like, so you haven't done it? Like, you didn't respond? I'm like, I was asleep, Mom. <laughs> You're like that was my auto reply. I had it, <laughs> and they weren't always just yes answers. I I figured out that it's actually still in me because my friend the other day, um, same thing happened. I was I was asleep, and she was like, "Yeah, like what do you mean? Like you legit were talking to me? Like responded?" And I was like, "I was asleep, girl." <laughs> I didn't hear I don't any remember. of that. <laughs> yeah. I like how there's a corner of your brain that's like, I got you, girl. You take a rest. I'm going to take over. <laughs> it's like, I got your back. <laughs> it's like in the play where they have the understudy, and it's like your understudy just cracks her knuckles and is like, all right, here we go. And they're like, haven't practiced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, too amazing. funny. But yeah, yes, you both should come to DR. Today, I'm wearing my DR shirt for, again, those who can see me. Oh, nice. <laughs> One of them, one of the many DR shirts. Relax and unwind. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, no, grand- haven't- oh. oh I-, I was just going to say, grandparents are like superpowers. I don't... Exactly. When I did my high school in Nigeria, I stayed with... Uh, lovingly called her Inne, which means uh, mother in Igbo. But she's uh, a relative of mine, but she's older. And... Um, in like a little bit more in a rural area of the country and has a farm and she would farm and you know like i think we think farming here we have all the tractors and stuff like that like farming in nigeria at least uh is that's physical labor like you're actually hoeing the ground you're actually tealing and like you're doing all the work and I remember uh, during one of my breaks that I was staying there with her, she was like, all right, we're going to do this today. So we had to wake up super early in the morning. I'm already tired. I was definitely a, a late night person then. So I didn't even go to sleep. I was just like, Ugh, if I'm going to have to wake up by five, I'd rather as well just stay up the whole night. So like I did that. <laughs> and we're just out here in the fields. And I remember at that point, she was probably like in her late 70s. And she was legit doing a better job and had more energy than I did and I was a freaking teenager and I was just so like I like powered through it because I'm like I can't let this 70 year old outdo me but it was amazing like she's like doing all the stuff and like grabbing heavy stuff and throwing it down and I'm like how how yeah. is this possible you are killing it right now and uh <laughs> it's just that just hard hard life will make you strong and that's a, that's diligent. That's original and, CrossFit. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Yeah, and then like at the end of the day, she would have like a beer to unwind, and that was always the funniest thing because like she'd be a little bit tipsy, and like that was her treat. She's like, "I'm gonna have a nice Guinness tonight," and just experience. Grandma, that. she got style. She knew what she was doing. She's she's going on. She's going hard. Um, or or a Heineken. That's another big popular one there, but. Yeah, and like back then I was like you're superhuman, 
But like that's why she made it. That's why she's so strong right. and amazing at that age. And she's been mm-hmm. doing that basically her whole life. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it's it's so weird comparing our lives to uh, the OGs, as they say. Seriously. <laughs> Sponsored by grandmas. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, grandmas, grandmas. everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what we haven't talked about yet is that. So we talked about pregnancy a little bit with mm-hmm. Vincent and Brianna, that that's a big fear of hers. And we got that clip when we talked about it last episode. We had that in the preview that she said she fears it. But now we get the added context that she has high blood pressure. And mm-hmm. this is something that is just, I believe, is a genetic thing, but isn't something that she can have go away through a healthy lifestyle, unfortunately, which like really sucks, especially when you feel like you're doing everything right and then something just isn't working for you. It's like, damn. Mm-hmm. Um, so pregnancy could actually be pretty dangerous for her. Like it could obviously be dangerous for her and then the child and a ton of extra considerations there. And when she brings this up with Vincent, you were saying this before we started recording about that. It felt like Vincent maybe didn't fully understand how dangerous she, yeah. this situation was. So his reaction was a little bit cold, but I mean, how do they even start to, to break this down right well it kind Mm -hmm. of comes back to the empathy we talked about before you know i think there's a lot of the extra effort that vincent has to make to get the empathy because he's never going to go through it himself to be able to just gain that by himself but this is your wife now and this is a serious concern i would hate for anything to you know like I would, I would hate for any kind of health issues to occur if she were to become pregnant. So I would hope that it's just smooth sailing the whole time. But like, even if it is smooth sailing, you know, you have to be aware of what could happen, right? And that's kind of why you know, doctors even talk about it. Why she already is aware to an extent of what could happen. Vincent has a kind of has a has a lot of ground to cover it was is what it looks like to kind of get there Mm -hmm. to a point where he understands and is able to empathize a little bit um because right now it's his main concern is children which i get it you know he wants to when i said when i was about to say legacy and then i thought of chris and i was like yeah that's not what i want to compare it to (laughs) legacy (laughs) but like i get it like he wants to be able to build a family he wants to be able to leave children um behind and I think that's also the kind of money conversation he's having, like talking about saving and thinking towards the future. Like it all lines up similarly. And that's how he's thinking about it all, which great. Good for you. Like you want to be able to provide for your family and children after you pass. And but I think like before you get to all of that, you're in the here and now. And the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to become pregnant before you have the kids. And that's where he's like, there's a little bit more of a presence in the present that Vincent needs to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, um, I think I, maybe it's because I like I like Vincent, but I really gave him the benefit of the doubt in my head, at least. Of maybe he just doesn't understand. Yeah. The, the risks with high blood pressure and for sure and and childbirth, and I think it's one of those things where. Like a lot of the country has high blood pressure. I, I forget the stat I saw. Like, 
fifty like you have a, a very high chance of developing it in the United States at a certain point of your life, at least elderly people, uh, older individuals. So, I think he probably he probably knows someone who has high blood pressure who did deliver. Um, so I I think that's part of it is just kind of educating himself on it. Um, I think it, for me it. A, I was really surprised. Like it's uh, you just you just don't see it that often, and um, and I, I think it also just helped paint a picture of why she is so focused on certain things. Like I get it. If if I was in that situation, I would I would view it as I'm already at a disadvantage. If I have any other health issues, it's going to be magnified which is statistically speaking true. Exactly. So like you can't mess up. You have to do everything you, you can do to stay as healthy as possible because, you know, it's bad enough having high blood pressure, add some diabetes or whatever to that. Now your, your, your life expectancy decreases even further. And I know not everybody thinks in life expectancies. That's, that's a thing I do. And so I'm trying not to push that on other people, but, um, so yeah, I, I totally understand and it, it helped just kind of give color to her, her personality and, and her life of why she's so focused um, on staying healthy and doing all the things. And uh, I think the fact that they know about it and that she's so mindful, um, while I, I definitely don't want to dismiss it, but I think kind of use Dr. Uh, Pastor Kyle's conversation, the fact that she thinks about it Mm -hmm. makes me like if anyone could do it it's her like that that's the perspective i have um uh and uh that's just you know you can adopt you can do other things there's not a, it's not must that it has to be mm -hmm. there's not one way to have kids but uh if they do decide to go the other route i think she could be okay as well mm -hmm. and they'll they'll look through all the options like they seem like they can do this in terms of yeah like she's not going to just do a decision because that's what he wants. Like she's going to think this through. And yeah. I think that's what you need yeah. in this type of situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's I definitely don't. Options. Sorry. Yeah. I don't, I definitely don't think he fully understands how serious it is. And I think that could yeah. be just a good little day trip for them sometime. Like, Hey, let's go to the doctor and you know, yeah. they're going to explain to us like, you know, just have a very early family planning conversation of like, what's realistic for us? What are the risks? All this stuff. So he might understand it a little bit more if he's not familiar with high blood pressure and how that, you know, intersects with pregnancy. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that especially because when she brought this up, he and then she brings up the timeline thing. He's like, well, if we had them sooner rather than later, like it would be a little bit better or like this, this problem would, would only be worse if we wait longer. Yeah. And it's like, so you're saying... I'm, co I'm still comfortable with you taking this health risk as long right. as we do it sooner so that maybe there's a less likelihood of like bad things happening. I'm like, <laughs> you don't understand that... how insensitive you're being right now. Yeah. Like she's talking about fearing her for her life. Right. And you're saying, well, if we're going to do that, then we should do it sooner <laughs> because you're young now. Like Exactly. And that <laughs> response is also very scripted. Like that's a response that you talk about like you know waiting off the parents say like waiting off to college if you don't do it now it's going to be harder when going back to college later um mm -hmm. buying a house like that's such a or like that answer didn't even seem authentic <laughs> yeah didn't think yeah. that one through all the way right mm -hmm. yeah it's 
just just listen through think hear hear her out first and because mm-hmm. he's not wrong but just mm-hmm. hear her out first and and like get her perspective like mm-hmm. i think he thinks that she's a smart person well why mm-hmm. if she thinks that this is something that could be a problem maybe there's some validity to that and just hear her out mm-hmm. yeah so um yeah i think they I can feel get like, through this yeah yeah and also it feels like they've been so good that they're like we gotta put yeah. some we gotta highlight something that could be an issue because no no couple is perfect but um i think they've got so much going for them that this doesn't seem like the thing that's going to be the, mm-hmm, exactly. the problem you know if this was virginia and eric maybe i would be even more concerned but i not for them brianna and vincent mm-hmm. you guys got this hang in there <laughs> Okay, so Paige and Chris, we see, let's start start with Paige. So she meets with Dr. Pepper, and I think they had one of my favorite moments in the show thus far, where Dr. Pepper described <laughs> as being in like a, what did she say, extraordinary narcissist or something narcissist? Something like that. She said and narcissist was, twice. Uh, mm-hmm. It was my favorite. I was yeah. literally like cheering with my little arms in the air. I was like, yes, call him what he is. And um, even says to Paige that she's the superior human and that she's, you know, deserves much better and all this kind of thing. So um, do you feel like Paige is in a better spot now with all this ending? Uh, I don't. So part of the, the issue I have is I've heard a spoiler. I don't know if this is true. If you don't want to hear a spoiler... Please avoid the next... Hit fast forward a few times. Yeah, fast forward like 30 30 seconds. Um, But the... Apparently, what's in these rumors, internet streets, is that they're still like on again, off again now, even after the show. Mm. So, knowing that, it it makes me... Like, I want to be like, yes, she's not gonna... She's done with this. She's not gonna go back. But knowing that they're probably gonna still be talking... It's so, it feels like a tragedy every time I hear her say this. Because I'm like, do you really believe this? If uh, Darn, darn it. So, like, what what more can we say? Chris is not the best, and and they just weren't the right couple. Um, but, damn it, girl. Mm-hmm. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think... It's definitely good for her to have that support from Dr. Pepper because she has been through a lot and to hear from the person who matched them together like that I think was a was a big deal. Yeah. Um, And so I'm hoping that this is just really like a strong sense of closure and, and step to move forward and be like, listen, Paige, I am sorry this didn't work out the way we planned. You were really hoping to be married, you know, mm-hmm. and have it stick, you know from your generational background you've talked about. But hey, this wasn't it. Go back again to your brother's advice where he was like, it doesn't always work out, sis. It's okay. It'll be it'll be okay. And I mean, we'll see. I'm hoping that Paige comes out stronger and that because of this, now that she's able to see herself, you know, externally again, like on, the, on TV, and she's just like able to reflect in that way, I'm hoping that this helps make her stronger and is like, you know what? No, not going to go back to any kind of situation resembling something like that ever again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's a weird thing to think about her watching the show. Yeah. Because you would assume that you would, right? That you'd want to see how you're being presented. Yeah. So Probably. you're kind of, she's being re-traumatized, like watching all the stuff he put her through. But yeah. it could be a good reminder that like, yeah, he was not great to you. There was nothing good here. And like, it's okay to just wash your hands and move on. Like, it's fine. Exactly. Um, and <laughs> then we see Chris meeting with Pastor Cal. He's, he shows up quite late and they made quite a production of showing that he was late and they did looking at their watch and are we ready to wrap now and then just magically there's chris who busts in the doors like hey what's up i would have left long time ago yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, so they waited for him and had a not surprisingly unproductive conversation Pastor Cal was trying to kind of pin him down. And I felt like overall, Pastor Cal was just trying to get Chris to self-reflect a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems like nothing is getting through to him. I don't think Chris se- feels like he did anything wrong. He seems mm-hmm. to think he handled it the best of his ability <laughs> and all this stuff. So I, I don't know. What did you get from that conversation between the two of them? I kept thinking back when I was hearing Chris say, all I could think about was like high school guys that are just terrible, like superficial, not grown up yet. All I think about is looks. And I'm just like, wait, I thought we passed that phase. Like, who's this in front of me on TV? Grown man. Oh, grown boy. Like, that's who it is. Because the I quoted, I wrote down what he said. Out of the million of women here, y'all picked the one that was like, talking about Paige's face like what really yeah how shallow are you like you don't even deserve half of what Paige is worth because all you can think about is when you first saw her down the aisle she wouldn't have been the person you picked up at the bar or whatever he described it as like Mm -hmm. get over yourself dude no one cares about you that much to be like out of the million women we're gonna pick for you like come on his entire conversation, I was like, congratulations, you are officially the biggest villain in Married at First Sight history. You've <laughs> oh, done yeah. it. Oh, yeah. You have successfully done it. Uh, you were, you know, it was you and Luke for a, a period there. You guys were neck and neck, but you just, <laughs> you, you came through at the end and, and really solidified your spot. Um, I feel like I say this all the time for, for so many different scenarios, but if that is the way you feel because there are some people everyone has their hierarchy of things they find important Mm -hmm. he finds being attracted to his partner very high on the list i'm not going to besmirch him for that i think everyone has their thing um but if you know that that's the case don't go on a show where they're going to pair you with someone that you don't know because by definition right. they might pair you with someone that you're not attracted to mm-hmm. so that's how this works like i just i wish everybody who came on the show was like an amelia from bennett and amelia where like that girl could have been with like a freaking belly dancer or a soccer player and would have been like i'm just in this experience let's let's just play along like i think you kind of yeah. have to have that perspective if you're going into this because you don't know who you're getting paired with and um i think that's you know i i wouldn't go as far as to say shallow but i would say that it's it's unfair because if you're going to go into something like this and you know that that's something that you really care about 
the same way like with Ryan like if you know that you really care about religion and and that's your thing like make it very clear from the beginning like I can't be with an unreligious per- a person that isn't religious right if you know that you really really care about how she looks either let like give like give them as many details as possible so that they know what you find attractive or just don't go on the show like mm-hmm. I like when Pastor Kyle was explaining why they picked her it seemed like everything he said made sense to me. Like you said, you wanted a power couple. Boom. You said you wanted someone who could help you in your business. She's literally an accountant. She's going to bring the financial Mm -hmm. discipline that you're probably going to need. Like all the things that is there, it's like on paper, they're perfect, but it's that attraction thing. And, and I know like this is such a sore subject because it's so, um, uh, what is that term like it's different for every person um unique it's subjective thank you oh yeah subjective it's subjective so like him calling her unattractive a lot of people think that she is attractive so by definition now you're like pushing down their thought their opinion like it's just it's just Mm -hmm. it's a no-win situation for anyone um and again if that's what you care about don't come to the show don't go on the Mm -hmm. show that's it that's all you need right I agree. Right. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he also uh, had the bright idea that, you know, Paige could have come with him in Mercedes when they bought her a car. <laughs> that would have yeah. been a nice, you know, yeah. triple date or, you know, the, them all hanging out together. Like, yeah. that's a reasonable solve to the problem, right? Right. He even used the <laughs> phrase when he bought Mercedes and Mercedes. And Mercedes. Oh, I, he had to say it. Yeah. Yeah. That was so stupid. Just so you guys know, it was a Mercedes, like right. not just any car. Okay? You know what I was thinking about last night, though, because we just watched it yesterday. <laughs> Can you imagine Chris going through the car buying process? You know, he had to go to a dealership. It's got to be all about him looking like the big man that can buy a car. Can you imagine his negotiation skills with a salesperson? Oh, they made bank off of him. Are you kidding? They, because his ego is so wrapped up in how much money he can spend. Oh, he yeah. probably got, he probably paid more for that car than it was originally listed for because he couldn't probably. like talk his way out of that. I was just thinking about it. I was like, he, it, it's like so counterintuitive from a business perspective. If that is what he wants, he wants to build this empire, all these different things. All of it is wrapped up in how much money he can spend. Yep. And it's like, it's. It, when you're walking into negotiations with that point of view of like, I need to walk out looking like I am the big man, then you are always going to get terrible deals. You're always going to make terrible deals. And mm-hmm. like that, you don't need to, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. I was just like, it cracked me up a lot thinking yeah. about how he might approach yeah. that conversation. Like, so mm-hmm. this is a $90,000 car. I can give you a hundred thousand. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Like I used to sell knives and you'd have to like read the person what they're like. And I can just imagine like just selling the features like, oh, in this package, oh, and it looks how, Mm -hmm. look how nice it looks. And Mm -hmm. like just like selling the value and Mm -hmm. like you talked about probably not even like budging on the money because it's just, you know, how fancy it's going to look. Like, yeah, Yeah. I would see him negotiating the way he would view negotiating down a price as maybe people will see it as I can't afford the current price. And so he wouldn't mm. do it. And the, the irony of that is just so amazing to me. 
It's it really is unfortunate. It's just come on, man. Yeah, right. you're right. <laughs> you're right. Also, like for a person who continuously talks about wanting to build wealth and right, I think it's yeah, like it's yeah. I I don't want to go into this whole like uh, rabbit hole of people who want the trappings of wealth but don't actually want wealth. Like that's just like even when he describes. The fact that he continuously talks about how much money he wants to make as opposed to like if you want yeah i'm gonna go into a rabbit hole but i just the people who i think that's the wrong viewpoint like if you want to build things if you are a person who enjoys building like you're a creative if you people who are in our society now wealthy they're people who like building businesses they like hey, there's a problem. I want to fix this problem. Let me get a team that can help me fix it. Like, that's a very different way of viewing a problem than I want to make a million dollars. That doesn't, that's, these are, how, what are you going to do? And I think when people think in only the money, then you fall for this, lack of a better word, trap. Like, uh, you want to look wealthy, not actually be wealthy. Like, Mm -hmm. how, Mm-hmm. The moment you drove that car off the lot, it lost seventy, like yeah. what thirty percent of its value. Like, come on, man! Like, I've said that a lot this episode, but just <laughs> it's just it's it's like I don't even seeing all that just makes it just disappoints me because uh, mm-hmm. you realize I don't think this is just insecurity and that one relationship that he mentioned that like she broke up with him because he felt like he didn't have enough money. That's all this is. Like he's mm-hmm. just. He's constantly trying to, because he views having wealth as being, having money and buying all this fancy stuff as making him worthy. And that's all this is. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, salespeople love that, man. Like you're, yeah, you're going to yeah, be perfect. You're their, like, right, right. You're the best mm-hmm. type of customer that they can wish for. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they didn't even talk about the car. They just talked about the payments for him. And he was like, oh yeah, I can afford a $600 payment. He probably doesn't even know the interest rate on the car that he got. Just, mm-hmm. oh well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not that. sure if I've mentioned this before on the on the show, but this Coursera class I was taking out of Yale that was called, um, it's like the science of well-being and happiness or something like that. Um, and I'm picturing her face, but I can't remember her name, but um, she's a professor and the one of the examples that she takes us through is how greed can be a very dangerous cycle and she talks about the value or the the amount of money you need you think you need to be happy and there's this study of people who answer that question and the more money you make the higher that number just gets because the whole moral story is that you think a lot of times if you always want more like whatever you're making is not enough if if that's what you're fixated on if you're fixated on the money Mm -hmm. um and you get acclimated to where you are now it's not enough. You need more because you're surrounding yourself with other people who are in the same financial bracket as you are. And that is all a value of like comparison to what other people have and what they make and what they spend it on. And so speaking in Chris's situation, um, he's talking about, you know, having the best car, making a million dollars per business, you know, on each one of his side hustles. Never, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to have enough, and that number is just going to get farther and farther away, further and further away every single time. And it's you're just going to like lead yourself into you know endless cycle of of greed with money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 I have. I really was hoping he would 
some of what Pastor Cal was saying would get through to him, but I think he's too far gone. Like he's oh, yeah. frustrated with the process. He's frustrated with the experts for giving him this person that he wasn't attracted to. And her face. he was <laughs> her face. What's wrong with her face? Um, yeah. So I don't think he was going to be even remotely receptive to feedback in no. that time. But I see that only honestly as the only way forward for him if he wants things to change. So on him i guess but yeah hopefully we don't see any more of chris and Paige and like them doing this get back together separate thing because it's really hard to watch and also it's getting a little repetitive and boring so yeah <laughs> let's, let's move it, on to the couples who actually have potential seriously <laughs> yeah it was repetitive like six episodes ago like, now it's just... <laughs> like very quickly we have a whole nother couple to talk about okay <laughs> i don't think we have a lot left for them yeah. so we, yeah. we got Haley and jacob I guess my general. <laughs> In summary. In That's summary. all I got. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. Um, I don't know. I feel like my basic summary for them is that they met with the experts. They talked through a few things, have a, a little glimmer of hope, had a somewhat productive conversation when they came back together. But I don't think anything is really going to change, nor has it changed. No. What do you guys think? <laughs> is that accurate i think oh, yeah. so yeah. yeah like i think the most realization if anything happened when dr pepper was talking to Haley about how she's not really changing for him and how she's buying him clothes so that he can change his wardrobe she's taking him out on wineries and this is now their new favorite activity and there's something else they threw in there too but i forgot and i mean i think that's accurate to an extent um i just wish it kind of would have blossomed into something more i guess and mm -hmm. where it's like a little more of a reflective period but i didn't think that it happened yeah i just think they're just they're so far gone yeah that there's like no hope in getting them back yeah yeah it, yeah it's like i said it, they're so far gone at this point and i and i think the editors no like I feel like they'd spent so much of this episode trying to prove to us that there's still a chance. And I'm like, no. <laughs> they got a lot of work to do. <laughs> no, there's not. Yeah. And the amount of times that, like, they just, just, it's not, it's not a thing. I think she's a conversationalist. The way he communicates is very different from her. And, mm -hmm. like, that is, that has been interesting to see is, because before she was saying, I do all this work. And I was like, what, what work? But I think in her head, when she tries to talk to him and he doesn't give anything back and then she'll start another conversation. I think she views that as work and that he isn't willing to do said work. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, some people, I'm a conversationalist. I talk a lot. And, um, but that doesn't mean that if I'm dealing with someone who isn't that I'm putting in work like that's just naturally I like doing that just like naturally that other person might not be um open to talking like it's just it's unfair so hopefully she finds someone hopefully he finds someone I don't like let's just let's put them out their misery yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think they both know it too but they don't want to be divorced or single again. They're just trying to salvage what they can. Mm -hmm. Even with that whole you know, conversation where he hasn't really done a whole lot in the last 10 years besides date the last five years, kind of. And she 
it has been single for seven years because of the controlling relationship she had for five years. It's just like it's almost the the imagery I have in my head is digging yourself a hole and the somehow the way you think you're gonna get out of it is, is to keep digging. Mm-hmm. But like for them, I'm sorry, single, you know, being single is not what you want, but is being in a relationship you don't want better? Like seems like they're both miserable honestly yeah yeah and i think that could actually be a point they kind of have this common point of suffering almost where they've been kind of wanting to be married looking for a partner wanting that settled down life with a special person for Mm -hmm. so long and they've had bad experiences with relationships Mm -hmm. etc etc that could be a point that they completely understand what that feels like they could come together on that and be like yo we, hey, guess what? We're married. Like, we have the thing. We just have to build it. You know, it's yeah. like getting the, the the furniture delivered to your house. You got to put it together now. It's just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I don't have a desk. And it's like, well, you do. You just got to put it together. <laughs> just having the desk in that yeah, box Yeah, Ikea instructions there. are there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those Ikea instructions might lead to a divorce, but we got to try. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, this has been a lot, <laughs> as usual. If you're, if you're still with us after this fifth hour, I have no, lo- no idea how long this thing is going to be. You're the real MVP listeners. You've tried. Um, <laughs> yeah. Actually, we did have one brand. She, Mabel talked about Coursera, uh, Coursera and Coursera, Yale yeah. in a good way. So maybe they'll, they'll sponsor us. Who hey. knows? Slide into our DMs, whoever you are. Slide <laughs> <laughs> That just sounds, it sounds, it sounds problematic. We do have a overarching <laughs> theme though of DMs when we talk about Married at First Sight because That's Agu's true. talking about the, the people who are going to get the DMs. Now you're talking <laughs> actually about the companies. <laughs> okay. Okay. So email us at cup of three podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. This has been our review of episode 13, Unanswered Questions. Um, we'll be back next week again for episode 14. All right. So join us next time. Uh, in the meantime, please go follow us on Instagram at cup of three podcast. And just so you know, we are on all podcast apps as well as YouTube. If you want to see just the, the visual part of this, our, our faces as we're going through this episode. And my Dominican Republic shirt. Yeah, you've got to see my Bell's Dominican shirt. Like what, what are you doing? Stop wasting your time. Go look like at I'm, it. I'm dressed like a, every other person in Michigan. I got like a flannel. <laughs> I got like a dad hat. So like, come, just... come check out our style. That's the yeah. number one thing we know you care about. What we're wearing. I look like a picnic table right now. Just okay. no respect. Alright, thanks guys for joining us. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.